Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. I gotta say, if there is one ministry that Gillian and I really find special, and all that Arise does, it's definitely our ministry school. I hope you do join us next week to hear what is on our hearts, our vision, and what we're able to provide as we as a church are committed to raising a new generation of leaders for the church of Aotearoa and for the world. Well, today we're gonna dive into a brand new series. It's called Accept All Cookies. We're gonna focus on finding a deep relationship with Jesus in the age of shallow. In an age where everything feels like it's getting increasingly superficial, we're going deep. We're calling the series Accept All Cookies because for all of us, that choice, that point of decision, it's something that we can all relate to in our age. You log on to a website and up comes the box, will you accept all cookies? For some sites, whether or not you accept all cookies is going to determine the degree to which you can access everything that is on them. Sometimes you get to manage it, accept some, but not others. But when we're talking about a deep and a meaningful relationship with Jesus, we're all going to come to that point of decision where we have to decide to accept all of the wonder of who He is if we're going to establish a meaningful relationship with Him. So let's begin. We're going to dive into our new series, Accept All Cookies, Finding a Deep Relationship with Jesus in the Age of Shallow. As we start, we're going to pray. And no matter where you are in the world right now, I want you to lean into this prayer. Prepare your heart. If you're at home, if you're watching this on your cell phone, your laptop, if you're watching with a life group somewhere right now, I want you to just arrest your attention. Let's use this as a moment to focus. Hey, if you're with your life group, put that phone on flight mode. Tell the person next to you to drink their coffee quietly. Let's all get ready for God to speak to us today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open your word, I pray you would open our hearts. I believe that, Lord, you have a word for us. You're wanting to speak into lives. You're wanting to illuminate your truth. I believe you're wanting to point our lives in the right direction to avoid all of the angst and the the pressure, the anxiety, the fear, the turmoil that is so prevalent in our world to point us towards the lover of our souls, the healer of our hearts, the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings. And so I ask you, sweet Holy Spirit, bring your presence and power into the space where everybody is viewing this message right now. Minister deep into our lives, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I got a question. Do you know God? I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm asking if you know Him. There are a lot of people in our world today who know a lot about Him, but that doesn't mean they know Him. Do you know God? Are you close to Him? Do you know Him personally, experientially? Is there a growing and a maturing of your understanding of Him? Do you know God? That's a really important question. It may not be a comfortable question, but it's a question of huge importance to us in our lives. In a world where there is so many things that we can pursue, 
Let us remember that our personal knowledge of God is the most important pursuit of our lives. Nothing else comes close to our knowledge of Him. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays for His disciples. And in verse 3, He said to us, for us to hear, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you. Eternal life, by Jesus' definition, is not only an eternal heavenly reality, it is a present relationship. When I know God, it brings light and life into every part of who I am. Jesus said, eternal life is found in knowing God, His love, His peace, His joy, His hope. The attributes of heaven come into our lives through the knowledge of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says that our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. I love the word hidden. It's saying to us that there is mystery to knowing God, that we are to search for God, that our life is found in finding the knowledge of God. In Acts chapter 17, verse 28, the Bible says about God that in Him we live and we move and we have our being. That it is in the knowledge of God that we are awakened to living and being as we are destined to be. It's only in the knowledge of God that we become who God wants us to be. Colossians 3.3 tells us that our life is hidden with Christ in God, but the preceding verses in verse 1 and 2, we are taught that we should set our heart on things above, our mind on things above, that with our mind and with our heart, we are to make knowing God the central pursuit of our lives. In the Gospels, we're given four accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four different authors, all inspired by the Holy Spirit, painting the picture of what it was like to have the life of Jesus present in our world. And John, in the opening verses of his Gospel, gives us an insight into what it is like to know Jesus, to know God. He wrote these words, John 1, 4, In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. John is saying that the entrance of Jesus into his life brought life and light to him. It was darkness without him, but he guides me to the light. The most important thing in our lives is our personal knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is what God desires for us. It's hugely important that we know that more than anything else in our lives, what God wants for you and what God wants for me is that we would know Him more than any of our religious activity, more than any of the activity of our worship, more than our sacrifice for Him. What God wants us to have is the knowledge of God. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, God said, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more, more than burnt offerings, more than anything else we do or are, God 
wants us to know Him. At this stage of my parenting, I'm teaching my daughter how to drive and we are having a lot of fun. I'm enjoying so much the time with her, getting out into the car, teaching her how to parallel park, to indicate, come to the stop at the stop sign, all these things, we're having a lot of fun. And during lockdown, I decided that we'd go for a little bit of a drive in the country. And what I found was as we were navigating these windy country roads that she kept overreacting to things as we were going through the corner. There'd be a pothole or a blemish or something on the road and she would overreact to what was immediately in front of her. The car would jerk suddenly. It would, it would make my stress levels begin to rise. Fortunately, it was me in the car and not her mother. But I had to teach my daughter going through the corners to look at the horizon to look to the edge of the corner. Because if you see to the edge of the corner, your eye will naturally steer you through whatever is right in front of you. And sometimes in our lives, this is the trap that we get into. We pursue what is immediately in front of us. That's why the knowledge of God is so vital because nothing else in our lives is worthy of being our central focus. We're not supposed to just stare at what is right in front of us. We're supposed to look towards the horizon. See the one who is the eternal king. See the one who is above it all. Find the alpha, find the omega. See beyond the moments and the storms and the pressures and what breaks around us that can cause us to jerk and to turn and have our stress levels rise. We're supposed to see beyond it all, to see our king and our Lord we are to pursue with the centrality of our lives, the knowledge of God. Because in our lives, we're all pursuing something. We're pursuing the next widget or a holiday or a trip or an experience or promotion at work or a higher level of education, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And none of these are bad pursuits in and of themselves, but they're never meant to be the central pursuit of our lives. They become bad pursuits only when we focus our gaze on something that is just too small for us, something that's not worthy of our all, things that are beneath the main priority of our lives, things in our lives that are not Him. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Jesus is the lover of our soul. Jesus is the giver of sight. Jesus is what we thirst. Jesus is what we need. And in Above all other things in our lives, we are to pursue the knowledge of God. You know, I'm sure for my daughter that when she was jerking the car, the reason why was because of all the stress and tension and anxiety she was feeling because of what was right in front of her. By taking her eyes off the horizon, by looking at what was in front of her, it was filling her with all kinds of negative things and jerking her around in a way that she shouldn't. Right now, in our world, just look around you. Businesses in New Zealand are operating at a loss right now. Auckland is in its fifth week of lockdown. Nations in our planet are falling. Oppressors are rising. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There is fear and uncertainty all around. So much that could be jerking us around. So much that can fill us with stress and tension and anxiety. 
We have to acknowledge their reality. But then we need to see all of these light and momentary troubles in the eye of the wonder of who our God is. Other things can get nearer and dearer in our gaze, but they only rob us of seeing the true light. He is the far off point that informs everything that is near and dear to us. As the psalmist wrote in Psalm 36, 9, it is in your light that we see light. God wants us not staring at what is immediately in front of us. He wants us pursuing the knowledge of God, looking to the horizon, seeing Jesus, the morning star. We fill ourselves up with all kinds of comparisons and opinions. We look at how great we feel we are or how accomplished. We love to obsess about what we have and who we are and what is going on around us. And we measure ourselves amongst ourselves. But God brings it all back to one simple thing. Do you know me? In Jeremiah 23 and 24, the Bible says that this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love, who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that in these things I delight. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Boast in this alone that we truly know Him. When we lose sight of the knowledge of God, we begin to make poor choices that can take us away from the God who loves us. A sure pathway to pain and anxiety and fear is to lose our focus on pursuing the knowledge of God and to get consumed with other things that are around us. When we look at the book of Hosea in the Bible, it's written in a time just like that. A difficult time in Israel's history where as a people, they had forgotten about God. They'd taken His blessings, they'd become presumptuous of His favor, and they drifted far from Him. God was still there, but they pushed Him into the distant background of their lives and of their culture. And so God comes to them, and literally this is what God says. God says, I'm just gonna go to my place and I'm just gonna wait. One day you're gonna realize what you have done. Friend, I want you to know that when we forget about the knowledge of God, He never forsakes us. He just backs away and removes Himself from close proximity, that close proximity that brings us the life and the joy and the healing and the peace and the freedom and the presence and the guidance and the direction that we so need in our lives. So in the book of Hosea, chapter five is our text for today. We're in verse 13, God literally just says to Israel, He says, because you guys are forgetting all about me. He says, I will go, I will return uh, again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. And then in verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, it gives us Israel talking amongst themselves. And literally, this is what they say. They said, come and let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us, but He will heal us. He has stricken, 
but He will bind us up. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will rise, raise us up that we may live in His presence. They're saying, let's go back to God. Let's start pursuing the knowledge of God again. Let's get our eyes focused, not on the peripheries and on things that don't really matter. Let's get back to what we're supposed to be pursuing with everything about who we are. God's gonna heal us. God's gonna restore us. God's gonna bring us back. God's gonna bless us. Let's go back to Him. We know He's good. We know He does good. We know that when He is in His rightful place in our lives, that blessings are sure to follow, that peace will flood like a river, that hope will awaken, that joy will return, that love will come back. And I just feel I'm even talking to somebody right now who feels like in your life you've drifted from God. I want you to know that when you return to Him, He loves you and He is gonna return to you. And then in verse three, there's this amazing verse where really for me, the series was born. In verse three, it says, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of God. It's such a motive language. It's like he starts and then he kind of, he has to reset and go again. He says, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of God. There's actually only four Hebrew words in this entire passage. The words are yada, redap, Yada and Yahweh. He starts off and he says, firstly, let us know. That's the, the Hebrew word Yada. He says, let us know. And then he's like, no, 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 that's not good enough. I got to upscale it. He goes, no, no, not Yada, redap Yada. He says, let us, let us not just know, let us pursue. Let us chase down is what this literally means. Let us go after. Let's chase this with everything that we have. What are we chasing? The knowledge of God. He said, man, let's just go after that knowledge with everything that we are. Look at the mess we've ended up in. We got distracted. We got laywayed. We let other things become central. Look at it. We're jerking around. We're filled with all kinds of turmoil. Everything's just a stress point in our lives right now. We're not in a good place. And then he says, if we're gonna fix this, Let's pursue the knowledge of God. Let's look to the horizon. Let's look as far through the corner as we can. Let's stop looking at what's right in front. Let's see everything in context of who our God is and what He brings into our lives. Jesus is called in the Scripture, the morning star that when the new day dawns, there is a star in the far off distance that informs every close point in our lives. We are to pursue the morning star, pursue the knowledge of God. You know, when someone comes alive to God, we literally call that an awakening because when we pursue things that are beneath God, when our lives become about the creation rather than the creator, we, we allow our lives to be lived at such a low level. So the Bible is telling us, start with God. Pursue the knowledge of God with your life. Start your day with God, your goals with God, your life direction with God. Keep Him always in your view. Pursue the knowledge of God. Beginning with Him is the only way that we're ever gonna navigate through life successfully, correctly. 
It isn't where Jesus fits into everything that is the question. It's where everything fits into Jesus. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the goal. He's the prize. He's the pearl of great price that we willingly give all else to obtain. We are to pursue the knowledge of God. A pastor friend of mine was on a prayer retreat once with a, a whole group of pastors and they were asked at one point during this prayer retreat to write down their goals for the next year. Write down everything that you believe in, you want to accomplish in the next year. Now you can imagine you've got a group of pastors and they're all praying. So out comes the pads and the pens and they're all writing pages. And I'm sure it was a lot of noble things. Let's, let's help people find Jesus and launch community ministries and start new locations, target more people. Let's help the gospel to go further and broader. And after giving them time to prayerfully write down all of their goals, they went around the room and one by one, they shared their goals for the next year. My friend told me that it was all kind of good, all kind of, all kind of noteworthy, all, all interesting. Everything was great. There's a spirit of collegiality and affirmation and life in the room. But then suddenly things got real heavy. It got to one pastor, a great man of God, and he had one goal on his page. He read it out loud. And as he read it, a holy hush filled the room. They were awakened to worship and wonder. His one goal, he said, I want to know more of Jesus. In our lives, so much of what we pursue becomes shifting sands and fading shadows. The one thing that remains true, the one anchor in the storm is to pursue the knowledge of God. The more I fix my heart and my mind on the knowledge of God, the more I put my affection and my intellect on pursuing the knowledge of God, the more His life I will know on the inside of me. A few years ago in our church, we used to sing this song and the chorus has just been coming into my mind and into my mind over this last period of time where the chorus would simply say, I surrender, I surrender. I surrender, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. And we would sing it over and over and over. People would stand, hands lifted high, heart abandoned, as the resonance of the deepest cry of our lives is given expression in simple words. I want to know you more. Above everything else in our lives, the greatest pursuit of our lives is pursuing the knowledge of God. Isaiah 6 talks about these powerful celestial beings called seraphim who have been circling the throne of heaven for all eternity. And the Bible just simply says that they have been proclaiming for millennium of human history that holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. They're proclaiming the knowledge of God. Above everything, with all the storms and the noise, and the shifting shadows. God doesn't want you jerked 
torn, stressed, anxious. He doesn't want our lives to be the pursuit of vain things that'll never count in the measure of time. He says, make the central pursuit of your life, pursuing the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people that right now, mighty King, you would fill our hearts and lives with your presence. Awaken within us a desire to seek your face. I think of the psalmist who wrote and said, you said, seek my face. And my heart said, your face, Lord, I will seek. We wanna seek you. We want to know you. Awaken within us a pursuit of the knowledge of God. I ask you, Lord, draw people to yourself. Draw us to holy worship, to wonder, to lives lived in the pursuit of your will and your person. God, would you just shake off us all the vain things that just seem so important and fill our lives with so much grief and turmoil. But when we fix our eyes back on you, our King and our Lord and our healer and our God, Oh Lord, you banish anxiety, you diminish our fears, you free us from the torment, you awaken life and joy and wonder. And I'm praying that over your people right now, that we would be awakened to the wonder of you. I declare this over every life, over every person, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. My friend, no matter who you are, if you're part of the service today and right now you don't have your own relationship with God, I need you to understand God loves you. God cares for you. He's here for you. He desires for you to know Him personally. And if you're saying today, I don't have my own relationship with Jesus. I'm not right with God. I'm not a Christian. Maybe you've been a church person, but you know that in your life right now, Jesus is not in His rightful place. He's not at the center. I wanna invite every person who needs a personal relationship with Jesus to pray today a simple prayer with me. And if you would open your life to God through prayer, today could be the day where you discover what it is to have your own relationship with God. He loves you. He has a purpose for you. He created you and your life has always been destined to be lived in relationship with Him. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer right now. And if you'll pray this prayer with me, open your mouth and open your heart. Today could be the day where you welcome Jesus in and discover what it is to live your life in relationship with Him. The words of the prayer are gonna come up on your screen. I'll close my eyes. You keep your eyes open. And wherever you are, pray this prayer out loud with me. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you, Jesus, you died on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven. Today I receive your love, your forgiveness, your healing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, my friend, right now on your screen is a QR code. And if you're in the chat, a link is popping up in the chat right now. I would love to invite every single person who just prayed that prayer, knowing that you need a personal relationship with Jesus. Please scan that QR code, 
Click on the link in your chat because we'd love to send you out a free beautiful e-gift from us telling you how you can go on in deepening this growing relationship with God. We want to help you to know God personally. We'd also love to contact you, just give you a shout out and say, hey, can we help in any way? Help you to maybe find some other Christians or get access to a Bible. Hey, we love you. Thank you. Make sure you click that QR code, check, click on that link. And for all of our family, no matter where you're joining us today for this message, thanks for being part of it. Join us back next week for part two of Accept All Cookies as we're growing into a deep relationship with Jesus. Kakiti anoa, and we'll see you back next week. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at John Cameron NZ.